was told you were coming. So, who do you kill for fun around? If this girl gives him one minute of happiness, it is one minute too yeah, much. Baby. She's not angel anymore. I'm back. Jeez. I don't like vampires. I'll take a stand and say they're not good. You like again. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again for us. Us? Yes, us. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Also known as Beer and or Whiskey with Buffy. Sometimes we drink whiskey instead. Yeah, we forgot to get beer. And <laughs> neither of us are completely upset about that. No. At all, really. But anyway, here we are. We're ready to pretend that we're funny for an <laughs> for an hour or so, and that we know what we're talking about, and that we have insightful, interesting things to say. So, were, as promised... Were we supposed to pretend to do that this whole time? I was. What? Weren't you? Not really. Well, shit. Now we have to go back <laughs> and redo the whole damn show. Fuck. Thanks, Rex. <laughs> Rex Hansen, fucking it up from day one. <laughs> Get you some, or whatever his catchphrase is. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a catchphrase. Well, you do now. It's get you some. No, that would never be my catchphrase. Yeah, I know. It's awful, isn't it? <laughs> it is awful. It's almost as awful as you. Fuck you. Thank you. So, um, how about Yeet? Oh, God. We promised last week that we would talk about Yeet. <laughs> How did that come up? I saw it on a Facebook post, and I'm like, I don't actually understand what the fuck this means. Right. And I posted about not understanding what the hell Yeet means, and wondering if it means I'm really old. <laughs> a little bit. Um, it, it has a much better meaning that also means that, though. But technically, so a friend of yours corrected us and told us... It's actual meaning, which is not what I take it to mean at all, but apparently it's actual meaning. That's the sound effects of finger quotes, by the way. That's that's my new sound effect for quote unquote and hard air quotes is to throw something with vague disappointment, which Fuck you, English language. We do not need that. We don't even need that as slang. Fuck you. Yeah. It does mean that you're old, though. <laughs> also. I One of my friends said that he takes it as being the opposite of yoink. Because yoink is when, you, when someone is holding something and you snatch it from them. And you yoink. Okay. And it's the opposite of yoink. Which I like that. I mean, that, that works... Would the opposite of yoink be something that means putting it back in their hands? With force. You throw it at them. Hmm. <laughs> if they don't catch it, it's on them. No, it... <laughs> I just... I just immediately deduct about 75 IQ points from any kid that I hear say it. Yeah. I've never heard an adult say it, but I've heard kids say it a lot. And they're never the good students. <laughs> <laughs> just saying oh god so speaking of words <laughs> i learned a new word yesterday that's a real word it's uh it's technically a yiddish word mensch made popular by mensch on a bench which is portrayed in mensch on a bench it's it's a plastic collectible figurine of a what appears to me to be a rabbi sitting on a bench and because the word in Yiddish, mensch, means a person of honor who always does the right thing, something like that, you know, it's very easily attributed to a person of status like a rabbi. Huh. Um, I don't think that's what that person meant when she called you a mensch. I think she just, well, I think she was referring to my mom voice sounding a bit Jewish. Yeah. That's, I think that's all it was. Yeah, probably. So, but I learned a new word because one of our new groupies called me a mensch. And so that was fun. Shout out yeah. to you, person who called me a mensch. So anyway, we didn't even say what we're reviewing today. We'll get there. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's season two, episode 17. Name of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode is Passion. 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 
I don't know that I'm ready for this. Rex, <laughs> what did you do this week besides acquire a I, cat? I have a cat. That's, he has a cat that's now. That's literally all I did. We have a legitimate reason to name an episode after or with the word cat in it And now. he's calmly sitting there just kind of hanging out, listening to us record. Yeah, we gave him some catnip. Only moments ago, he was rubbing his face against the cord running from our sound box to my computer. And I was like, well, that's going to be a problem. But it's not nope. yet. He's super mellow. His name is Edgar. I like him. I think I'll keep him. Edgar what, Rex? <laughs> Tell the people. His f- name is Mr. Edgar Allan Purr. You fucking... <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> if, it, if there's not a joke there, then what's the point? <laughs> if this living thing that's going to be a large part of my life for the next at least 15 years, if things go well, can't be a joke to me in every possible way... Then why is, what's the point in having it? I don't know. I wish my name was a pun. It's not, though. And that disappoints me every day of my life. That's right. It's short for Rexinald. It's not, but it, it is. is. It is now. <laughs> We're not actually going to do that uh, right on, now. On to the mom synopsis. Okay. We got to get rolling. We're already taking way too long. <laughs> oh, shit. You're right. Joshua, I see that you're watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer again, and you're still not paying any rent. I gave you 50 bucks. I don't see what the problem is. You're costing me electricity and food and the cats like you better than me. (laughs) Uh, You say that like it's a bad thing. And also it's because I'm a better person, probably. (laughs) I don't know yet. (laughs) Soothe my pain by summarizing Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Joshua. I'm so verklempt. Verklempt? Verklempt. I can't even fucking say it. I don't think I'm using it in its proper context, but (laughs) I'm going to run with it. (laughs) Joshua, why is Angel hitting on Joyce? That's a bit weird. I thought he was dating Buffy. Are we this far behind? Oh my God. He lost his soul. Miss Callender's trying to give him his soul back. Buffy told her mom not to let him in, not to invite him in. If he shows up and then he did... The whole episode's based around what we've known for the last, like, five episodes is that Angel has a standing invite into Buffy's house, not to mention Willow's house, Cordelia's car, and Giles's house. And nobody thought of that until right now. What an emergency. And nobody is even running to, like, stay in a hotel or (laughs) be like... Hey, Mom, we should go on a vacation or something. I don't want to go on vacation. Are you paying? No. So. (laughs) Season 2, episode 17. Rex gets a cat. Trying to have fun without me. We'll have our Armageddon. You are the one. Someone gets the chance. Someone gets the chance. We open at the bronze. Duh, bronze. And we're only briefly at the bronze, but... Yeah, not very long. Buffy and Xander are dancing. No foreplay whatsoever that this is going to be an Angelus-centric episode, because he has a fucking voiceover. Yeah. (laughs) I got the whole thing. I really don't need the whole thing. No. He's waxing intellectually about passion. Yeah. Passion, blah. Passion rules us all, and we obey... What other choice do we have? I'm so broody, Buffy. <laughs> Even without my soul, I'm so broody. He is kind of broody. He in was this a little broody yeah. this time. Yeah. So why was Xander dancing with Buffy when Willow and Cordelia were there? And where the fuck was Oz? I don't know if you could see Cordy and Willow in the background hanging out at a table. Oh no, I didn't. Um, but I imagine it was just. They're friends. They're dancing. Yeah, no, it was very, it was very friendly, platonic dancing. Yeah, that was nice. And they walk off as a a group, and it looks like they have a solid, you know, good, calm, murder-free night out. (laughs) So they think, except for how much Buffy is really just not paying attention. Right. All she has to do is look over her shoulder to see Angel drop a body. Yeah. But they just took it for a couple making out. 
I don't know about you, but I see my ex's silhouette everywhere, especially fresh off of a breakup. And, you know, nine times out of ten, or more like 99.99999% of the time, not her. Right. But, you know, when you're grieving from, you know, a traumatic event like that, you see the source of that trauma everywhere. Yeah. And if I were Buffy, anything that vaguely resembled the silhouette of Angel would have me pouncing in that direction going, what the fuck? Also, isn't she, she's supposed to have like some sort of like innate sense of vampire presence. I mean, does she kind of, does she have a spidey sense? Yeah, I mean, it is a completely, like, strange women lying in ponds distributing swords kind of a position. Yeah. That made her the slayer. So, yeah, she should have this sixth sense about vampires. But, but anyway. We, we cut to her bedroom. She's getting ready to sleep. Um, She lays down. Angel, super creepy. Yeah, right there in the fucking window. As soon as she's unconscious, he comes in, he sits down on her bed, he strokes her hair. Oh, and it's very unnerving. He kind of strokes her brow first, but, you know, whatever. And then we we get the opening, and then it cuts to her waking up, and she finds a fucking pencil drawing in an envelope next to her head. Not gonna lie. Pretty good sketch. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, he's hundreds of years old. He had time to fucking perfect the art. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really done a breakdown on how similar the Hoydenverse is to Anne Rice vampires, but I know Anne Rice vampires, their artistic ability and just general everything ability leaps through the fucking roof the moment they become a vampire. Right. So and that, 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 could, that could track. So, same with this. So it completely tracks... Cut to the the school that morning. Uh, cut to the library. Um, we get a little bit of oddness from Xander. Buffy's talking about the fact that Angel was in her room, super creeped out. Yeah. Wait, what? An inappropriate reaction from Xander? Yeah, because he, he says something along the lines of, this is why you don't invite strange boys into your room or he something said, like that. He you said, know, you know, I think there might be a valuable lesson here for you gals about inviting strange men into your bedrooms. And I'm like... Sander, way to hammer in that no one should invite you into their bedroom. Right? <laughs> I think you're just butthurt that they haven't invited you into their bedroom. Anyway. Cordy um, is super freaked out that <laughs> she invited Angel into her car. Very hung up on her car. And I really, really, really wanted them to cover this. <laughs> Nobody was like, Cordelia, it's not, cars don't count. But I, it's what I was thinking the whole time. And then they actually do the fucking ritual on her right? car later. They don't show it, but they mention it. Like, just in case, I guess. Whatever. But yeah, Buffy asks Giles if there's some sort of spell they can do to undo the invitation. Because apparently, the fact is, once you invite a vampire, they're always invited till you uninvite them with this ritual that they find. Yeah, how handy that we established all that magic last episode, so now they can, at any time they want to, just be like, Hey Giles, we need magic, and he's like, I'm on it. Yep. And then, the greatest thing possible happens... Regular students walk into the library. <laughs> I mean, does Jonathan really count as a regular student? Currently. Okay. Currently. I guess. Xander's like, does this look like a Barnes & Noble? Uh, it, it is a school library, Xander. <laughs> Since when? <laughs> Mirroring every single viewer's the thoughts. The best part, though, is... Giles tells them where to find the book, and then they just get up and fucking leave. They just abandon the library. Jonathan comes back out of the stacks, and he's like, where did you say that? What? what where are, where'd they go? <laughs> You're on your own, fucker. Anyway. But I do want to say, Xander, it does, in fact, look like a Barnes & Noble. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> his... his Incredulity was impressive, though. Yeah, very much so. Excuse me, have you ever heard of knocking like it's his fucking bedroom? (laughs) You're in a fucking library, Xander. You're in a public fucking space. He's really turning into a clown, honestly. There's more evidence of that later in this episode. Yeah, definitely. It's like, it doesn't... (laughs) It's forgivable how ridiculous he is because he's just a clown. (laughs) Cut out to the the hallway where they're talking and Cordy's trying to help. 
Was she legitimately trying to help, though? I think she was trying. She's just not very good at it. So she's asking the hard questions, <laughs> yeah. like, why doesn't he just slit her throat if he can get into her bedroom? And I'm like, I know, right? Valid fucking point. Yeah, absolutely. That's why, that's why Spike is so fucking angry at him. True. <laughs> And, well, okay, but, you know, a couple episodes ago, they had that argument, and Drew was like, oh, you want to hurt her, not kill her. Yeah, okay, yeah. so we have to keep going back and citing that moment. And and Giles explains to Cordy that Angel likes to play with his food, so to speak, and draw it out. And Xander summarizes with, ah, the na-na-na-na-na approach to battle. <laughs> yes, Xander. Once more, you've managed to boil a complex thought down into its simplest possible form. <laughs> and the delivery of that is excellent. It was. He was so exasperated. Yeah. He was just like, mm, good job, it, you fucking dolt. It's the, it, it was the <laughs> take off your glasses and rub the bridge of your nose, just I am done with your shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Xander gets a, he has a valid point. Again, in a moment. It's still shitty, but again, forgivable for clown Xander. Yep. Giles basically says to Buffy, you know, just you need to let it go. You're the slayer. Just deal with it. Yeah. He, and, we get the worst fucking advice ever. Oh, yeah. He's like, Buffy perfectly well summates it by saying, so basically just ignore him and maybe he'll go away. Xander's yeah. like, oh, so Buffy doesn't get a boils it down to the simplest possible form moment. Watchers, pet. I'm like, well, I mean, she is kind of the only reason he's stateside. Yeah. Like, Xander, she's supposed to be the Watcher's pet. Yeah. You should fuck off. <laughs> Which is why I still found it enjoyable, even though he had absolutely no grounds for being upset about that. Exactly. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you has a win. From here we go to Miss Calendar's computer class. So the class is over. Miss Calendar is like, Willow, I might be a little late to class. I need you to fill in and teach to start off. Yeah. And Willow goes from freaked out, anxiety ridden to power hungry. Fucking fast. Because <laughs> she's like, what What if they don't respect my authority? What, what, if, what if... And you see her, like, borderline melting down. I'm not sure I'd call that power hungry, but definitely very quickly grasping the full concept of what it is to teach. Yeah. And because she's like, do, do I get to issue detention? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I know. I th I thought the best part was Giles and Buffy come in, and Buffy's like, not so subtly, "Hey Willow, I need somebody to walk me to class." Oh, her delivery is pretty good. I wrote, I loved her line. Oh, here. did you get the whole yep. one? Good. She says, "I thought I might take in a class. Figured I could use somebody who knows where they are to show me." Oh, Buffy's line. Yeah. I was talking about Willow's line as she as they're walking you know, out. I didn't get exactly what she said, but they do a really good job of writing the subtlety in the friendship between Willow and Buffy. Yeah. Well, she's uh, she's walking out and she's she's prattling on about respecting teachers, even if they're just standing in for the real teacher, because otherwise chaos would. And she just she's so excited about filling in for oh, yeah. calendar. And it's just hilarious to hear her trail off into the distance. And but you can she tell picks that up immediately on Buffy's being like, hey, we should go. Yeah. Oh, and those doesn't those two, even question it. No, those two have a completely unspoken bond like they can talk without talking kind oh, yeah. of bond which shows up later in this episode especially in her conversation with giles oh yeah <laughs> i got notes on that yeah too. absolutely um, so giles and calendar are talking oh man miss calendar drops the fucking l word on him yeah she did Ooh, god damn i forgot about that yeah woof um and it hits heavy and hard, and you can fucking see it in Giles' eyes, because he understands the weight of it, and dude, he doesn't hold back one fucking second about backing Buffy, like, at all. Yeah. 
And he basically lays it out that it's not him that she needs to apologize to or anything or or make anything up to. It's yeah. all Buffy. And he's he is willing to bend over backwards to give up on his affection for her solely because that's what Buffy needs him to do. He's there for a job and he's ready to fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. Go, Giles. We have gotten this hinted so many times, but this is the really the culmination of the great dynamic between Buffy and Giles, and they have each other's backs so fucking perfectly, and they know each other so fucking well at this point, and it really shows in this episode, and I fucking love it. Absolutely, but I'm starting to get fuzzy on the details of why they're even pissed at each other. Okay, she lied about why she was there, but... Like she said, she wasn't there to hurt anybody, and it wasn't her fault. Like I she think ha- she had just as much of a vested interest in Angel not losing his soul as everybody else. Right. And I think the problem really lies in that Buffy's pissed that had Miss Calendar come out and said, hey, this is who I am. This is why I'm here. She could have been like, hey, maybe he should not be happy. Okay. And given warning? Yeah. Because, and this is a common thread that they have throughout this this series, <clears throat> is informed is protected. Yeah. And really the fault was she did not inform them of information that they could have used, that they, that was, would have been helpful to fucking know. And I can totally understand Buffy being pissed that, you know, this is information she should have had, mm-hmm. especially if Miss Calendar, you know, supported Buffy and supported the the Slayer and supported what her job was. Yeah. And it shows a bit of lack of trust, I think, that Miss Calendar held anything back like that. Yeah, definitely the... The lying is problematic, but again, as she points out in this episode, you know, she was born into this uh, gypsy family, and who do you really expect her loyalties to be to? Yeah. Some people that she just met, or her fucking family that raised her. No, and there's an undercurrent here in the dynamic between her and Giles, and the dynamic between her and Buffy. There's an undercurrent of... Buffy is being somewhat irrationally mad about the situation, and Giles knows this, but he doesn't give a shit because he's on Buffy's team, period, end of story. Yeah. Miss Calendar even expresses that she is very upset and sad about the situation and wants to make amends, but Giles says, no, it's not me you have to make amends to. It's Buffy you need to make amends to. Yeah. The whole dynamic here is fantastic, especially later on when we get the scene with with Calendar and Buffy. Definitely. But real quick, so uh, dinner with Buffy and Joyce. Giles was telling Buffy earlier that she absolutely cannot tell Joyce the truth about her being the Slayer in order to make her safer due to Angel being able to get into the house in the meantime. Which, yeah, as we were saying, is really just the worst possible fucking advice he could have possibly given her. There are a million different things they could have done. They could have gone to a hotel. They could have, you know, gone and visited some of Buffy's family. Or fuck, they could have gone to anyone else's house that Angel had never been invited into. Like Xander's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) clearly Xander and Willow don't have parents. We never see them. Like, we kind of sort of hear about them, but they absolutely exert no force over either of their personal lives. Oh, no. None at all. So, Buffy confesses to Joyce that she was dating Angel. Yeah. And that it went bad and to not invite him in. Which was kind of a good way to cover it without divulging too much information. Which, honestly, I don't see why a couple of random kids from Sunnydale High can know about it, but Buffy's mother can't. It seems like it would solve so many fucking problems if Joyce just knew. Yeah. Excuse me, your daughter has superpowers and she needs to go fight the forces of evil. Oh, so you're... This explains so much. So much. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be such an overbearing parent. Hey, Mom, remember that <laughs> time the school burned down? It's because it was fighting vampires. Oh, you mean you're not a degenerate? Cool. Yeah. 
But Joyce takes the conversation pretty well. And yeah. then Buffy is talking on the phone with Willow afterwards. Yes. And Willow's all super chill about it. She's like, well, I think you just need to listen to Giles and... You know, just try to not let him get to you. Oh, my fish are dead. Yep. Never mind. Freak out time. She, but it's the delivery is excellent because she feeds the fish. She puts food in the fish tank. <laughs> she she puts- turns around and sees the envelope and opens the envelope and pulls out a fishing line that has all her fish attached to it. She was not paying any attention at all when she fed those fish. No, she was not. <laughs> well, like she said, she she hadn't really had a chance to bond with them yet. Yeah. <laughs> but she's glad she didn't get a puppy. Yep. It's hard for me to say anything cool or, or witty or at all. I, I can usually make a few vowel sounds and then I have to go away. I don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility. Yeah. You're the Slayer and we're like the Slayerettes. Oh, please. So she ends up spending the night at Buffy's house and she delivers a pretty heavy line to Buffy because they're talking about Buffy's realization that Angelus is a completely different fucking person than Angel was. Yes. And uh, Willow says, well, except for one thing, you're still the only thing he thinks about. Which is an interesting and very valid point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, talk about laying it on heavy for Buffy. Yeah. I mean, I think it's more because she's the slayer than anything, really. I think the only part of the equation that her being the slayer has anything to do with it is it changes his tactics and he would be much worse if she were a normal person other than that i think she is just a toy to him because of the connection that they had when he had a soul the angel had right before he went back to being angelus well because to me it's a lot about angelus is trying to destroy himself in destroy his humanity as they established i think it was the episode where he turned he's mostly just mad that buffy made him feel human yeah exactly yeah he's trying to get rid of everything that made him human starting with destroying the life that angel had uh, created for him and i guess you know he was probably still trapped in there the whole time behind angel's persona or something otherwise I can't really see why he'd be so pissed off if he was just hanging out in hell and suddenly he's back on Earth. You'd think he'd just be excited and run off. Well, I think because they established when Angel, when he got his soul back, he remembered everything he did as Angelus. And so I imagine it's the same reverse. He Angelus remembers everything he did when he was Angel. Yeah. I guess it's it's really got nothing to do with where the soul is so much as the brain retains the information. Exactly. <laughs> the soul can read that hard drive. It's like two different processors, same hard drive. Yeah. 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 So we go to the factory, the Slayer Slayer Lair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew is trying to cheer Spike up in the worst, creepiest way possible. I really thought she was trying to give him the puppy... And then she's trying to feed him the puppy, which... Oh, God. Her airplaning it like it's a spoon. Dude, she she almost went with it, and I really wanted her to do it. (laughs) But she didn't go balls out because, you know, she's a real person, and that was a real dog. And (laughs) you can only do so much with a real dog without the animal activists getting super pissy. Yeah. She did the right thing, but it disappointed me because it would have been funnier if she'd gone full airplane with that dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Spike is super testy. We we don't really get Spike in this episode. We get the wheelchair Spike, who just is a whiny, whiny bastard. Same formula as the last couple episodes. He's whiny, and then at the end, we get a couple of snappy lines out of him, but he's still not Spike again yet. That I won't have you feeding me like a child, Drew. And, and Angel shows up and mocking him in any way, shape, or form. Heavily implying that he'll bang Drew for him since he's clearly not able to because he's in a wheelchair for reasons unknown. And then Drew, she starts to get all excited that they're fighting over her. And then she has a vision. A vision. The air. It worries. Someone, an old enemy, is seeking help. Help to destroy our happy home and blah, 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 blah. Cut to the magic shop. 
I liked the magic shop. I I really enjoy the magic shop. This fucking town has everything. Miss Calendar walks in, and the dude is talking in an awful accent, asking her if she wants like love potions and stuff like that. And then she says that she's looking for an- <laughs> here, here. Even makes julienne fries. <laughs> it will not break. What's that? You what? Oh, you're in the business. Well, fuck a doodle do. Yeah, I got your orb. I got your orb right here. She asks for an orb of Thessala. And he's like, oh, you're in the trade. It's nothing but tourists this time of year. Ouija boards and rabbit's feet. Right? Yep. I was at first thinking that maybe this was the magic box, which is the magic shop that they take over eventually. Hmm. But it isn't. It's not the same layout inside. And that, no. that saddens me. But I wonder if it's supposed to be the same shop, but they just changed the set. I totally forgot that they end up owning a magic shop. Oh, yeah. way to ruin it for me. Thanks. Cool. Uh, God damn it. I know. <laughs> but no, um, the, he explains that, yeah, he has an orb, and but without the translated text, the orb is useless. Yeah. Excuse me, but why the fuck is he selling an orb if without the translated text, it's useless? That means that there's no reason why they should even be producing these orbs, which they must be being produced somehow. I kind of got the impression that there's a finite number of these that have been passed down over the ages, but there's they're not exactly rare. I guess maybe. Because he said that he had sold one or two off to some New Agers as fancy paperweights. And he loves the New Agers because they sent his kid through college. Yeah. As far as non-magic people are concerned, it's a neat little glass ball. Yeah. And like he said, it's useless. Why not sell it? But he explains that there's no refunds, and she explains that she is building a computer program to translate the text. Yeah, after a big, long exchange of techno-hoodoo gobbledygook, I could see on her face as she was saying her lines that she was just trying to remember the shit that they wrote for her. (laughs) Right. And he's in the Giles camp because computers give him the willies. Yeah, right? (laughs) I I feel like this, this line really summed up techno-pagan really fucking well. She says, and without a translated text, the orbs are pretty much useless. It's okay, I'm working on a computer program to translate the Romanian liturgy to English based on a random sampling of the text. Now, if that didn't sound like Jordy saying that we're gonna run some second-level diagnostics in the fucking Jerry tube so that we can reroute the power for, through re- the deflector shield. Yes, exactly. Yeah, really did. It was some bullshit, but it sounded good enough. If I hadn't been actually listening for shit to write down, I would have wafted yep. right over it, and it never would have mattered. And that's what they wanted, and that's okay. Yeah. Just real quick, they established that she plans to give Angel his soul back. Yep. You mean besides me? No. I didn't ask. You mean, you mean besides me? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you, do you believe? I didn't ask. We have to achieve our dreams, otherwise we wither and die. We're going to the other cool place in Sunnydale. Cut to... The next the day. S- next day at the school... Why don't they have Xander riding a skateboard? He was riding a skateboard in the first episode. They never showed him again riding a skateboard. Never again riding a skateboard. And this is exactly the setup of when they would, like, should have him riding a skateboard. This is when he should have been riding a skateboard. There's another kid behind him riding a skateboard. What the fuck? Yeah. Was he just so discouraged by his wipeout in the first episode that he never (laughs) got on the skateboard again? I am equally as flabbergastedly completely incredulous about this as you are rex (laughs) as you can see on my face but he of course is complaining about being left out of the slumber party and did they just so happen to have a camera yeah way to just throw in your little drop of creepy for the episode yep thanks Thanks, Sander. They're walking along and they see miss calendar and willow's reaction is just fucking priceless Five hours of lesson planning down the drain. (laughs) Yeah. Was I the only one that thought Calendar... I I thought the story was going to go a completely different direction than it did. Because it felt like at this point in time, as Calendar walks up, I thought she, she was like possessed or something. She was acting really funny and aloof. Yeah, it seemed odd. Like like something seemed wrong. 
she maybe she I guess they were probably going for preoccupied because I mean she has a pretty big yeah. ritual on her on her on her mind. Yeah, that's kind of what I settled on later. But at the time, it it seemed like they were going something completely different. Buffy walks up to her, says, "I know you feel badly about what happened, and I just wanted to say, good, good, keep it up." <laughs> Ouch. But as harsh as she is, she still has a heart. And she's like, Giles misses you. Pull your head out of your ass. He can pull his out of, head out of his ass. And you, you kiss and make up. And also, <laughs> Calendar really took it in stride. Fuck yeah. Way more stride than, frankly, I think she should have. But still, everybody kept their composure and said what they needed to say. Yeah. And it was fine. And good. Everybody happy now? Hap, 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 happy. <laughs> but Willow is not happy. <laughs> well, of course. There's no Oz in this episode. Right. I was also disappointed at that. Yeah. I'm right there with you, Willow. I mean, it didn't really occur to me until after the episode was over. But but they cut to Willow's room as they're doing the ritual to block Angel out. And they already did Cordy's car. And Cordy's like... Are, are you aware that there are no fish in your tank? <laughs> Poor Willow. <laughs> and the, like, sad little whine and whimper that Willow gives is... <laughs> you can see every muscle just slowly... And Buffy's like, well, we already did your car. You can go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know they only did her car to just shut Cordy up. <laughs> yes. No, I, th- I thought it was funny that uh, Willow was complaining about the crucifix because she's Jewish, which has been established earlier. Yep. Her father is apparently a mensch, and <laughs> he may or may not be on a bench, and she has to go to Xander's every Christmas to watch a Charlie Brown Christmas. But it's worth it to watch the Snoopy dance. <laughs> it would have to be. It would have to be. Xander, you better be really fucking good at that Snoopy Fun dance. Fun fact, I hate. Charlie Brown Christmas. I can take it or leave it, frankly. <laughs> so I just want to point out how ridiculous this next sentence that's about to come out of my mouth is. And I want you all to think about it real hard. I want you to fucking lose sleep over this. Okay. Cordelia finds an Angelus sketch of Joyce at Willow's house. Yeah. Here, I'll say it again. Cordelia finds a sketch that Angelus drew... Of Joyce, Buffy's mom, at Willow's house. Because there's a number of problems here. In Willow's bedroom. One, obviously Angel had to have known that they were going to be there. How the fuck did he know they were going to be there? Mm -hmm. Two, how the fuck did he place it in Willow's room in a space where nobody else noticed it but Cordelia? But Cordelia. Three, how did they go through the whole ritual of locking Angel out without anybody other than Cordelia, who is probably the most space case one of them all, (laughs) from noticing that there was a fucking envelope sitting there? Mind you, it's the same fucking envelope that both Buffy and Willow have seen before. Yeah. And they would have zeroed in on that shit. Yeah. It's it's his signature at this point. Holy shit. This is a huge fucking plot hole. A <laughs> little bit. I know we try to not really dig deep into the plot holes, but goddamn, this one is particularly bad. Yeah. How <laughs> did we get here today in this situation? So we from there, cut we to cut Joyce. to... Oh my god. God. Yeah, it was a bit tense. Wow. Honestly, I thought it could have been more tense, but it's still pretty tense. And Jealous, he walks up and says hi to Joyce. Joyce gets out of the car and he realizes that Buffy has told Joyce about him. And from that moment on, no holds barred goes way thick into the creepy boyfriend. Completely. I'm curious... What his motive here is, because obviously there's no way in hell he would think that his current attitude is going to get him anywhere. And maybe, I guess, he's just doing this to fuck with Joyce? You know, he's definitely doing it to fuck with Buffy through Joyce. 
I, he obviously didn't think he was actually going to get anywhere with this bullshit that he's saying to Joyce. He's just doing it to rattle Joyce and by proxy rattle Buffy even more. He plays the stalker, crazy, I'm going to murder somebody boyfriend way too well. Really well. <laughs> so Joyce gets to live that quintessential nightmare moment of fumbling for your keys while there's a fucking murderer standing right behind yeah. you. Br literally breathing down her fucking neck. Yeah, which gave me the fucking willies. Yeah, and she she manages to open the door and get in just as Willow and Buffy are walking down the stairs and Willow is finishing the fucking chant to lock him out and Buffy's lying here. She looks him directly in the eye and just says, sorry, we changed the locks and slams the door on his face. Bam. That was a good line. Oh, it really was. I enjoyed that line. Hey, got your steak. Cut to the computer room. Miss Calendar is working on her special yes. project. And Giles comes in. And he makes absolutely no inquiry whatsoever as to the nature of her special project. And they agree to meet up later at Giles' house. And he is so giddy. <laughs> yeah. He's so giddy. Better grab your old spice, old chap, because MC's looking <laughs> fucking saucy tonight. <laughs> and she has got a huge computer. <laughs> it's almost as big as her lady boner okay oh man <laughs> the look on giles's face when he realizes that she's gonna come over and he's gonna get laid is just like kid in a candy store giddy her lump her lump <laughs> Her lovely lady lump. I cannot reach you to smack you with this. <laughs> you need to yeet something at me, Rex. I refuse! <laughs> Good. Thank God. I refuse. <laughs> Thank the almighty holy one. <laughs> Both atheists. Just throwing that out. So the magic shop. Ah, yes. Drew shows up with the magic shop. With her new pet. Yep. There's a real theme going on here today. Yeah. Kudos to the guy who owns the magic shop, who's probably dead now, but <laughs> he fucking knows what she is the moment he fucking sees her. It seemed like they had met. I wouldn't go that far, but he knew she was a fucking vampire. You can tell. Definitely. He, he's like, oh, you're one of those people. At least. He, he had a clue. He definitely had a clue. I hope that he did live because I don't think he hesitated for a second to give Drew all the information that she wanted. I wouldn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, next scene, Drew had all the information she wanted. Yeah. So he's either dead or he gave just volunteered all the information. So now we know how underground informants become underground informants. Yeah. Like Willie. Yeah sniveling worms that are willing to give up all the information in exchange for continuing to live yep so back to miss calendar she's officially finished translating the text and she she puts it on a floppy disk <laughs> which which made me chuckle to myself yeah um and then she prints it out on one of those printers that has the fucking the fucking dot the, matrix the, man. yeah the dot matrix printers oh my god oh man <laughs> come to find out that Angel's sitting there. Didn't see her actually copy the floppy disk, apparently. She sets that on her desk. That uh, was the one thing that survived from his little fucking yep. tirade here. The spiel here about why Angel is in the classroom, I think, is kind of bullshit because it's a public venue. Therefore, he, he shouldn't have to be invited in, but they actually address that. They did. Um, and he's invited in because on the front of the building, there's a Latin phrase that says, enter all, enter any who seek knowledge. And he's seeking knowledge, apparently. Yeah. Which, it's a public fucking place. Yeah, I really didn't give a shit about that. Whatever. <sighs> it's dumb. Thanks for explaining that, guys. Don't bother explaining why Spike's still in a wheelchair, but I'm glad we got that one down. Yep. Cool. So he destroys the, the computer and obviously has no fucking clue 
what he's actually like looking at. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> so old. <laughs> like we think we're old. <laughs> no, it, it's it's done pretty well. I I do have a question, and I I don't know if you can answer this or not, but could a CRT monitor catch fire the way that this one does? I mean, if it was still plugged in, there could easily be an electrical fire. It doesn't seem likely, though. No, because it's it's very campfire-like. There's not a whole lot of really flammable... I mean, there'd be a lot of sparks, maybe? Yeah. But there's not really much in there that could really act as fuel. Right. I mean, it's not filled with wood. Yeah, I mean, it's glass <laughs> and metal for fuck- and plastic. Yeah. I... Anyway, he breaks the CRT monitor and the computer, that, and that catches on fire. He rips the paper off the printer, tears it up, and sets that ablaze, and then proceeds to chase down Miss Calendar. At first, she I could have sworn she was right next to the door to the hallway, but then she makes a bolt across the room... Which gives him this perfect opportunity to just easily intercept her. I'm like, where the fuck was she going? I have no idea. The whole fucking sequence of her running away is kind of... Didn't make a whole lot of sense. So she runs across fucking campus. Like, there couldn't have possibly been a door to the outside way fucking closer than where she was. Yeah, there's like one at the end of every hallway in every high school ever. Exactly. There's 50,000 fucking exits. Yeah. But so, luckily, Angel is or Angelus is completely willing to run into pretty much anything oh at full my, velocity. Dude, when she grabs the janitor's cart and pushes <laughs> it towards him, he is running directly at it. Like he's not yeah. swerving or anything. He's like, "I'm, a, I'm gonna run over this janitor cart. Fuck this janitor cart." He was. He definitely figured that his mask could just barrel right through that fucking janitor's cart. Yep. And then he eighties slasher film killer teleports to the top of the stairs. They they played a snarl sound effect just yep. to make it make sense. Quote unquote. Hard air quotes there. And then very unceremoniously. He snaps Miss Calendar's neck. I said the exact same thing. And it was like a three or four cut shot to try and achieve the effect of snapping her neck. I thought it was pretty well done. I thought it was well done, too. And I liked that they did it so quick and it was just over. Yeah. They didn't add flourish to it. Not really. He's like, oh, I never get tired of doing that. Yeah. And it was just like... Holy shit, she's fucking dead? Yeah. Like, damn. I, I had to turn it back. I was like, what the... F- wait, wait, what the fuck just happened? No, they don't. They don't. She's not dead. They didn't fucking kill her. And No, I, th- I think they fucking killed her. Yeah. She, and and just, I was like, that's and, why I don't remember her breaking up with Giles or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. So cut to, was it Buffy's house or Willow's house? It was Buffy's house. Because Giles shows up to get the book so he can do the ritual on his house. Yep. And he has an (laughs) awesome, hilarious conversation with Willow. He comes in. She explains to Giles that Angel told Joyce that Buffy and Angel boned. So Joyce and Buffy are upstairs talking. And Giles is like... Oh, can it, maybe I could step in. Maybe I could do something and say something. Giles specifically says, perhaps I should uh, intervene on Buffy's behalf <laughs> with with her mother. Uh, maybe <laughs> say something. And Willow's like, oh, sure. What would you say? You can literally hear <laughs> the crickets in the background. Yeah. And <laughs> without missing a beat, Willow just opens the door. <laughs> <laughs> Because, and the look on Giles' face is like, uh, uh, uh. And she's like, yep, that's what I thought. Okay, later. (laughs) See ya. Get out. Yeah, crazy old limey. How did you feel about the talk here between Buffy and Joyce? I'll tell you how I felt about (laughs) that talk between Buffy and Joyce. Well, here's how I summated it anyway. I said, Joyce... Grills, berates, belittles, and pries her way into Buffy's private life 
out of love. Okay, somehow Buffy manages to not return the favor when Joyce gives her an open invitation to get a shot back in because Buffy's not a narcissist like Joyce. How refreshing. Um, is anybody who's not a narcissist not being emotionally abused by one? I really can't. I have, I don't think. I don't know. For every non-narcissist, there is a narcissist abusing them. Yeah. I, I fucking I, swear to God. And I'm not even talking about the fucking TV show anymore. No, I I mostly agree with you there. But the, the problem with the delivery of this, this conversation is really that Joyce completely fucking ignores the fact that obviously... Buffy was in love with the dude. Yeah. They boned and then things got weird and dangerous. And she completely skips over the fact that this is fucking emotionally traumatizing for her daughter. Yeah. And I think she she latches onto that at the very last possible second where it's forgivable. But she fucking hangs on to it and grinds it into Buffy's face when she's yeah. already more than... Fully understanding of the gravity of the situation, frankly, a billion times more than Joyce. Oh, fuck yeah. However, it's not entirely Joyce's fault that she doesn't fully understand the situation. No, and this goes back to the same fucking problem. Informed is safe. Yes. If early on they had just fucking gone about explaining the situation to Joyce, she'd be better prepared for this sort of fucking thing. Just like... If Miss Calendar had, you know, come clean from the very beginning about her relationship to Angel, her family's relationship to Angel. And so that that right there, that's the theme of this entire fucking episode. Informed is safer. Absolutely. Because every time that no one's informed, people fucking die. And this, this goes along the same lines as if... Miss Calendar had said anything to Giles about what the fuck she was working on, he'd have fucking stayed. Yeah. No, he, they wouldn't have fucking made plans to meet up later. They'd have fucking worked on that goddamn spell together. Yeah, and probably fucking pulled it off that night. And, you know, she probably wouldn't be dead. Exactly. Because Giles would have been there to throw off Angel. Anyway, I think they killed Calendar because she had another acting gig that she wanted to do, like Lieutenant Yar. This is right. this is Miss Calendar's Lieutenant Yar episode. And maybe we're completely wrong, but that's my guess. And then we cut to Giles. Where I was like, oh, oh. man. As soon as I saw the row, I was like, oh, oh shit. No. Dude. He hadn't done oh, the ritual man. yet. Oh, fuck. So Giles comes into his apartment. There is a note that says upstairs. There is a rose on the door. There are roses, rose petals and roses scattered throughout. There's a fucking... There's a bottle of wine chilling in a bucket. Yep. And he grabs it. And there's really good classical music playing on a record player. And he goes upstairs to find Miss Calendar laying in his bed fucking dead with a broken neck. And my heart legitimately cleft itself in twain. Oh, fuck. Fucking hell. It was not okay. Uh, no, it's not okay. So he calls the police. The police are there. They're like, we're going to need you to come back and answer a few questions. He's like, oh, yes. Like, Pr procedure. Right. This moment is the moment where it really, really set in for me just how fucking evil and jealous is. Quite. Because the amount of setup involved here is impressive. Yeah. I was jokingly thinking as Giles was finding all of these little hints, I was like, man, Angelus is really good at setting up a romantic evening for a man. Yeah. Uh, in knowing the whole time that something fucked up is on its way because Calendar's dead. Yeah. I did not remember this at all. No, me either. It fucking hit me hard. Yeah, what the fuck, man? But, yeah, he, he has to go downtown with the police. He needs to make a phone call. The next scene at Buffy's, we get to see Angelus looking in from outside as Buffy and Willow get the news that Miss Calendar is dead. And he's doing another voiceover. He says, yeah. passion is the source of our finest moments. 
the joy of love, the clarity of hatred, and the ecstasy of grief, and blah 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 blah. And he's so yeah, he's spying on Buffy and Willow as they receive Calendar's death news. Willow takes it way hard because obviously Miss Calendar was like her favorite fucking teacher. Period. I yeah no, it definitely made perfect sense. For the way that both of them took it, Buffy went into shock mode and Willow went into hysterics. Yeah, hysterics. That's the exact word to describe it. Which made perfect sense regarding both of their relationships to Miss Calendar. Yeah, seriously. And Buffy's proxy relationship to Miss Calendar because she knows how Giles feels about Miss Calendar. After a bit, Buffy and Willow come out of Buffy's house when Xander and Cordy pull up and they say, oh, Giles wasn't at the police station. He must have he already left by the time we got there. They just they really just wanted to question him. They decide to go to Giles house just because mainly Buffy's worried about how he's going to react. Cut to the next scene and fucking Giles is ready for a fight. Oh, he's packing his (laughs) shit and he's ready to fucking go. And then there's an obvious commercial break. Yep. And in the next scene, the Scooby gang is entering his apartment. He's long gone. Yep. And he, he's he got his good weapons. I'm not entirely sure why the police left um, police tape over his door. Like, he still lives there, but okay. Yeah, I'm not sure and it's not how like, that works. It's not like he got arrested. Like, that would be to close off the scene of a crime. But there there is a good little fun line here where Cordy is like, I thought the weapons were at the library. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Xander's like, no, this is where he keeps the, the, so he says, no, those were his good weapons. The ones he breaks out when company comes to visit. Anyway, so Xander's all like, I told you so. And he wants credit for hating Angelus first, which is really annoying. Yeah. Fuck you, Xander. Way to make something like this about you. Exactly. So Buffy brings it back around to the real problem, and that's Giles is about to get himself fucking killed. Yeah, he's not in the headspace for this sort of thing. Exactly. He's reacting too hot and emotionally. While he certainly deserves to react that way, Oh yeah. it's certainly not the safest way to go about it. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you have to wait. So we cut to the lair again, and let me say that for a moment there, though, Giles kicks some ass. So we're in the factory slash lair, and uh, Spike is berating Angelus for not killing Buffy, <laughs> leaving gag gifts in her friend's beds. Drew's like, but Spike, the bad teacher, was going to restore Angelus's soul. And he's like, what if she did? If you ask me, I find myself preferring the old Buffy whipped Angelus because this new improved one is not playing with a full sack. Do you think he meant ball sack? I'm not 100% certain. I meant to look it up. Maybe it's one of those weird Britishisms. I think it might be. Probably. It's possible. Because then he says something about, I love a good slaughter as much as the next bloke, but his little pranks will only leave us with one incredibly brassed off slayer. And this is a good point here. It brings up a couple of really good, solid questions about Angelus. Yeah. Spike mentions that he doesn't think Angelus is playing with full set or full deck or full sack or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Mm -hmm. He's not all there. And here's my thought. Did the time with him having a soul fuck with the mental stability of Vangelis? Is he maybe a little far more far gone than he was before he got his soul back? That is thoroughly possible. However, I also think Spike's just over his bullshit. That was childhood playground shit for him. Yeah. That was, oh, daddy's drunk again. But he's long since moved on from that. Yeah, and that's definitely part of it. But the other aspect of it here is Angelus really fucked himself over. <laughs> yeah. He played his hand too quick. He he had a full fucking opportunity to walk in and out of these people's houses. Yes. And the only the only decent hand he played here at all was the whole calendar thing with Giles. 
he overplayed his hand with Buffy and Willow. Yep. And he completely fucked up any nuanced method he had of fucking with them. He he went way over the top and in a manner that just really fucked him over in the end. I honestly don't I don't think he's completely fucked it over yet. He's clearly very much gotten to Giles and Buffy and the whole Scooby gang. They all loved Calendar. They may have had some problems with Calendar, but they all fucking loved her to death. Yeah. He's made a major blow to the Scooby gang in this episode. He's been going for a psychological terror. He's achieved that this episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely give you that. He may have passed up opportunities to kill them, but... He's still just playing with his food, and that's what he likes to do. He live forever. Why kill them right away? Yeah, I guess you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Cue Giles coming in and kicking but this, some ass. <laughs> so this was a fantastic moment because his response to Spike is, "Don't worry, Roller Boy. I've got everything <laughs> under control. Smash Molotov cocktail." <laughs> Fun fact, Angelus, you don't have everything under control. Yeah. Because he did not calculate into how badly Giles was going to want to kick his ass. Wow. (laughs) So fire, arrow to the shoulder, flaming torch to the face (laughs) multiple times. Whatever happened to wooden stakes or something? I'm like, I mean, it is... It is a wooden torch. Just beating him. Beating him with it. He, uh, uh, Giles is not going for the kill here. Giles is going for the pain. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Giles. He wasn't Giles. He was Ripper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He He entered. He is Ripper here. As Ripper. Definitely. 100%. He's not enough in control. Angel gets a hold of him, picks him up. Did you? I didn't write down his line there. Angel says, all right, you've had your fun, but you know what it's time for now. Buffy kicks him in the face. My fun or and my fun. So cues probably, I think, one of the best fucking fight scenes in the entire series thus far. I absolutely fucking agree. It's multi-level. It's multi-angle. Dude. It's so fantastic. That fucking crane shot when oh, they were going yeah. up the stairs to the catwalks. She kicks his ass, he jumps back and goes up some stairs, and she goes a different route up some boxes onto the catwalk. Yeah. Oh, it's like, fucking excellent. I already needed to buy some new jeans, but now I... St- oh, <laughs> man. Damn. Cinematography just, was already excellent this episode, and they just fucking capped it off so well. This... If nothing else, you need to watch this episode for this fight scene. Yeah. This is by far the best fucking choreographed fight scene, period, that we will get probably for a while. (laughs) I I can't even pretend to know. It blew my mind. And I don't normally notice fight scenes, but this one I fucking noticed. But here's the catch. Buffy is fucking winning. Oh, yeah. Buffy is kicking Angelus's ass, but... He gets rid of her with a cheap distraction trick. He says, you're just going to let the old man die or burn. And Giles is next to a fire and she has to rush down and save him. Yep. And so disappears the Slayer Slayer Lair. So they have this quick little moment outside. Giles is very heatedly like, how dare you? This was my fight. And she clocks him. Oh, man. And they cry it out. Yep. Cut to the wrap up proper. Angelus has another voiceover here with his whole passion waxing, and he's like, it hurts sometimes more than we can bear. If we could live without passion, maybe we'd know some kind of peace, but we would be hollow, empty rooms shuddered and dank. Without passion, we'd be truly dead. They really should have done without the whole fucking voiceover shit. It wasn't necessary. But whatever. It's there. Giles and Buffy leave flowers at Miss Calendar's grave. Yeah. Giles is obviously upset and fucked up from this whole thing. As he should be. But you can tell that Buffy has finally reached the point where she is no longer hoping for redemption from Angel. 
as evidenced by her line, I need to stop holding on to the past. Nothing is ever going to bring him back. The last scene is Willow filling in for Miss Calendar till the new computer teacher gets in and bumps the floppy disk and it falls between the filing cabinet and desk. The most important three and a half inch floppy disk in the world. Gerarg. Try to have fun without me. We'll have our Armageddon. You are the one someone gets to the chains. You're going to hell. This was a really fucking good episode. It's pretty good. I didn't have like first off, there aren't any real like funny moments in this. Yeah, not really. There's not much comedy at all. Closest we got was a couple of, of dumb Xander lines. Yeah. And even then, it was very kind of not in the right moment. Yeah. What was your quote of the day? I do have a quote. I just love the delivery of the, sorry, honey, changed the locks and slammed the fucking door on his face. Very nice. All right. In that case, I'm going to choose... Willow saying to Giles, sure. What are you going to say? Exactly. Uh, All right. See you later. (laughs) With full knowing that he has no fucking answer and get the fuck out, Giles. Yes. And that's that's not the exact quote, but you know what I mean. I got nothing else for this episode. Yeah, me either. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. It moved the plot forward. It was gut wrenching, heart wrenching, thought provoking everything you could possibly it had a great fight scene epic fight scene yeah everything you could ever possibly ask for from an episode of buffy the vampire slayer and more as always find us on itunes like share subscribe review us please review us we need more reviews we have a patreon now you can support our podcast buy us a beer oh and because my co-host is crazy we have a phone number What's the phone number? The phone number is 269-743-0783. You can leave us a real, actual voicemail for reasons, and if it's funny, we'll put it on the air. Yeah, why not? Am I forgetting anything? Thank you to Benjamin Alexander. Yeah, thank you, Ben, for the theme song and transition music, as always. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. (laughs) That was not my cat. done why are we watching this